1: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun.
1: Do
0: the show, bitch. Welcome to Ben and
3: Woods. Try to say this nicely. When you look at Ben, Paul, and me, it doesn't
0: scream athlete. I know you fat bastards want to eat some of this.
2: With Ben Higgins. Go to hell, pro sports. Steven Woods. <laughs> that was incredible. And
4: Paul Rindel. right? Get ready, tier ones. Oh, It's Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan. Do the show, bitch.
3: I'm not uh, not feeling very horny this morning, or very white, as you might as you might understand. Just not in a real horny, sensual, seductive mood. I need something different in the open.
1: Hold on, remix. <laughs>
3: know that i wanted taps necessarily but i guess it will well, do make up your mind <laughs> i probably should have told you before good morning everyone it's ben in woods on 97.3 the fan i hate to uh, start off a tuesday show in such a somber mood but felt it important to update the audience on uh, the exact story we talked about yesterday my beloved orange cat who has now uh, crossed the rainbow bridge unfortunately yeah, bummer. Huge, huge, huge bummer. And uh, might I say, uh, an unexpected one. I think yesterday it was very odd. I had, uh, I mean,
5: given the update yesterday, right. I was, I was shocked when I got that text from you.
3: Yeah, you, you. Uh, if you missed it yesterday, my cat or our cat had to go to the vet on Sunday. I took him. And uh, they said it was going to be about $6,600. The cat was
2: going to be fine. All you had to do was fork over your life savings. Pretty much. And the cat was going to be fine. That was, let's be honest, that was my understanding. My understanding
3: was, hey, this is what it's going to take to make him okay. And I said, oh, this sucks, but okay, you do what you have to do. One time shot, kid, right? You You get one bail, get out of jail, not free card. So we paid it, and then uh, I was driving home yesterday. My wife called me in hysterics, and I just said, "What is going on? Compose yourself and tell me what is happening." And she said, uh, "She said they they tried all of most of the things that they listed, and uh, nothing's working. He's still, you know, his and his and his kidneys are like shutting down. There's blood in his urine, the whole thing, and it's really bad now. I'm like, sounds almost like it was worse." And so I get home, and she said, uh, I, I don't know what to do. I need you to call them. And I said, I, I can't call them again. I said, I need you to call them and, and go down there. And she did. She went down there, got the uh, lay of the land, and then texted me. And I had the boys. Both boys were homesick from school. It's just really a perfect, perfect Monday. And uh, she said, I, he's, I think he's got to go. And I was like, oh, no, you got to be kidding. was just completely not expected. Uh, but his quality of life was was going to be terrible. I mean, he's going to have like kidney failure. Um, and that's just no way, you know, if we if we brought him home, that's no good. Uh, if we kept him alive, no guarantee that anything was going to work. Uh, in fact, again, his body was kind of already in the process of shutting down. So we uh, my wife made the very difficult decision and, uh, you know, the humane decision, I think, to put him down yesterday and then texted me. He's gone and I had my two boys with me, and I had a little tear in my eye. And I said, Bo, I just want to let you know that uh, Orange Cat's gone. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, well, he's gone. You know, he was at the vet. And uh, he goes, he's dead? And I go, <laughs> the kids are the best. He goes, he's dead? And I go, yes, he's dead. And he goes, oh. Anyway, I mean, so he's four. He's lost a dog and th- three cats already? Which is an inordinate amount of pets to lose at such a young age, I feel. Unless you're like you live on a farm where you're like, oh, this is just he, Stephen King Pet cemetery. Yeah, over serious, here. Seriously. seriously. Like if this was humans, Dateline would be knocking at our door. We've lost a lot of pets in the last, you know, four or five years. and um, But, you know, many of them were very old. We had the coyote incident, the whole thing. But Orange Cat was a very special cat to our family. I... A guy I played baseball with was like, hey, man, we got this cat. We can't take care of it. And I'm like, let me see him. So they brought him to a game, was playing ball, and I got—I was holding him. I'm like, and I've never really been a cat guy till I met Hannah. And I go, oh, yeah, he's awesome. And Hannah's like, no, no, I don't want another cat. I sent her a picture. She goes, bring him home. So I brought him home, and that was her baby from that moment on. And those two were as thick as thieves. And uh, he was there with both of my kids when they were born and – was the best around both children Um, and, you know, really, really tight. And he was just kind of now he'd kind of just found his own groove where he would just lay his fat ass around on the couch and do nothing uh, and just kind of stay out of the way. But every now and then he'd jump up onto the bed and snuggle with Hannah. And they spent a lot of time together in the morning. He was a huge part of our family. He will be sorely missed by me uh, and her. And then to add insult to injury (laughs) yesterday, actually – to add injury to insult, I should say. I'm looking down at my hand
2: that he, uh, the last. The now, p- your treasured memory of Orange Cat. Your, yeah,
3: it's a little sullied, your Ben. Finger it's a little, it's a that little was
2: bit down to the bone.
3: <laughs> it's a little uh, tainted. My last memory of him is him dangling from my middle finger with his 25, 30 pounds of weight. Uh, my, I looked at my hand last night and I go, well, it probably shouldn't be purple and it was swelling. And Hannah goes, "You got to go to the 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 urgent care. You have to." So at five o'clock, I trek my happy ass down to the urgent care. I walk into that urgent care, and they go, "Ooh, yeah, no, we're we're full. Well, we can send you the one in Oceanside, but you got to be there in about twenty minutes." It's raining, massive traffic. I'm
2: weaving in and out of traffic to get there. Get down there. They took such good care of me. How close did Hannah come to just? Letting you go, probably pretty close. Yeah,
3: probably pretty close. (laughs) Uh, But I, you know, got the tetanus shot, got the uh, antibiotics. They were great, and now my my hand, as you can see, is on the on the way to recovery. Uh, Orange cat is not on the way to recovery. He is uh, again crossing the rainbow bridge uh, as we speak. But he will be sorely missed by my family for sure. Uh, But it is funny, man. The kid Bo goes, oh, okay. Like it's it's almost. Unfortunately, it's like second nature now. Like, that's just... Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's maybe he'll grow up to be a
2: sociopath like yourself. I don't know, Ben. I, I have no idea. Like kids who grew up during the Civil War or something yeah. were just used to losing relatives, relatives and, and
3: stuff. And like, animals and not eating and things oh, no. like that. So he's... Well, he, sorry he for it, your loss.
2: I don't want to minimize anything. Well, I me
3: mean neither. I mean, he took it, you know, remarkably well.
2: You did get the satisfaction guaranteed or your money back program no. with the vet, no?
3: Well, the original price I told you was about 6600 yeah. Got out of there for a clean forty-two hundred. Ah. So there we go. Now hindsight being twenty-twenty, I knew it wasn't going to work. You just go in on Sunday and you say, "This is uh, this is our final ride. We just took our last ride together. Yeah. So let's let's make it happen. It's hard. It's hard. I'm, I I I laugh and make jokes to hide the pain, right. Ben. But I you know they're dropping like flies in my home, and now. You know we're gonna we're down to th- only three pets left. We've got a cat and two dogs. The two dogs are elderly. Like it's not going to be a fun next couple years uh, in my home. But I've learned a lot of lessons from this one. A lot, a lot of lessons <laughs> from this one. Tons and tons and tons of lessons. And I
4: really hope I can see more. I was waiting for that. Unity, it's the only way
3: to memorialize Orange Cat.
4: When already things are so difficult. So. So. Shout out to
5: his
3: family. Which would be you. It's so. it's so.
5: I guess I should say, if we have any new listeners new to the show right about now, I'm not a complete stone cold killer with like taps and all that. I wouldn't this want is, it this any is other is way. This is how we do things.
3: No, I wouldn't. I really swear <laughs> to God. It felt
5: dirty to hit the button, but I knew it was right.
3: Well, I didn't want it any other way. So, yesterday when I tweeted out a pic- sweetest picture of, of Orange and Beau. Uh, One looking out the window together, the other one, Bo cuddled up next to him. I had maybe 30 people say, shout out to your family, shout out to your family, which actually gave me like a sense of comfort. Like it's the only, you can't do it with a relative, I would say, but an animal is is perfect. It's a perfect way to to memorialize the orange cat. So love you, buddy. Miss you. And uh, hopefully I don't lose a hand. Uh, because of of your your antics on the last
2: day but i i will remember you fondly we'll be your therapy this morning for the next four hours my therapy yeah help good. you get through it yeah a tough I mean, time in your life
3: it's a talk you know it's we're a talking show so i i it, it will be good to um to talk through it
2: i'd like to shout out um all the tier ones who came up and said hello last night at viejas arena went down there for the aztec season opener against cal state fullerton we'll talk about their their win coming up here, but uh, so many people, uh, fans of the show, said love you, listen to you guys in the morning. Awesome. Uh, just I went, uh, was down at the bottom, then I went up around the top in the concourse, and a bunch of people coming up and saying hello, and, and how much they enjoy the program in the morning. I do want to apologize. Eric in Poway came up to me, and he goes, hey, I'm Eric. I called in, and I kind of gave him my blank look like okay that's good i'm glad you called in but he was sure that i would remember exactly who he was and i i'm afraid that the the call must not have stood out enough in my mind because i still have the blank look and he goes "Me, eric in pow in poway it's eric it's eric in poway so now i'm like
3: frantically going through my brain ram I'm accessing the RAM in my brain. How do you guys and,
5: not remember Eric? And I'm like,
2: what? What did we miss? I mean, it's it's not an uncommon name, Eric, and Poway is not an uncommon place in San Diego. No, so not. I didn't I could I didn't put two and two together. It was very nice. We took a selfie uh, up at the top and said said our goodbyes, and he moved on. I, I hope he wasn't too offended that I didn't specifically remember his, huh. his one phone call to the program. My favorite bit is when you come up and introduce
3: yourself. You're like, hey, man, Tony. And then you give me your Twitter handle because that's how I know. You know me, PadresFan69. I'm like, yeah, what's up, dude? Good to see you. It always jogs my memory. So actually do that when you introduce yourself. If you're on Twitter, that's probably how I know you. But, uh, man, what a, what a win last night, too, for the Aztecs. I want to talk about the, uh, I want to talk about the voodoo magic that is handicapping college basketball games because there's no other way to describe what happened last night other than voodoo magic. It's absolutely insane. I don't know why I still remain surprised
2: by it, but I do. I want to talk, okay, I want to jump on that conversation as well and discuss whether or not coaches should be cognizant of that for their fan base. Ooh. They always say they aren't. They always and, say and probably shouldn't be. But at the same time,
5: I don't if know you, that they can say anything other than
2: right, and it would be inappropriate <laughs> to say so otherwise. But someday, you get a coach
3: on the air, and you say, "Look, your career's done. Nobody ever." I'm not asking if you bet on games. I'm not if you asked if you told your brother-in-law that you know this is the spread. I'm not. Don't don't give me any of that info. I I want to know: Are you cognizant of the port, point spread? Are you? Do you know what the spread?
2: They'll is? almost all right now say no. That's no, BS. I don't care. That's it's BS. all about it's all about winning, and it's about my players, and it's not about the point spread. But you also should know that there's a a chunk of your your fan base that is probably putting some dollars on your team and laying some points in a game like this. More
3: than a chunk.
2: Would it not behoove you to? I mean, if it was close, you know. If hey. You're already up by 20 to 30, and the point spread's somewhere around you there. You can't say so to, to your guys, we sure, get an
3: extra point here. Because then you're then going gonna to be under investigation. <laughs> Listen, I don't like... It's to, not for me. It's for our fans. I don't like to flippantly throw things around on the radio, Ben. You know this about me, but... Switching gears a little bit to Monday night football last night. Did anybody watch? You Paul, you were working, weren't you? Mm-hmm. Did you and you were
2: working as well. Did
3: anyone see the package they did on Aaron Rodgers before the game? I did not. Bro. If I didn't know better. I would They did a package on Aaron Rodgers and the throws that he made. If I didn't know better. I'd go, huh? Huh? Somebody uh somebody in a little trouble with the mafia? I've never – it's Aaron Rodgers. These are throws that this dude can make with his left hand. And all of the su- all of a sudden, he's like, forgot how to throw football. I mean, banana. Where you look at it and you go, okay, if they're doing an investigation, these are three throws that I say, look at these. I mean, Ben, I was – I didn't realize. And everyone was, well, he doesn't have the weapons. He doesn't have the offensive line. You Yesterday, you were like, oh, I saw him throwing from his back foot. He didn't have to. They did a whole package on this before the game, and I went, that "Dude's on the take." I'm like, "This is un—he's shaving points out there." It was unbelievable, un- and it's Aaron Rodgers. This isn't some rookie. It was crazy. So yeah, man. As today's such, a, it's a perfect topic for today too because you're going to have a chance to bet on sports. You know, sports betting in California. Uh, whether or not it, it, we can get it past, it, who knows? But it is a really interesting topic. It has, it has infiltrated everyone's life if you watch sports you are hit over the head with
2: gambling that's a great connection yeah absolutely it's on the ballot today it is election day do your civic duty go out there and vote if you haven't voted by mail already and if you're following some of those kind of interesting uh choices and races including sports betting possible new arena in san diego we're going to bring our friend scott lewis from the voice of san diego the editor-in-chief Onto the program at 8.35 to discuss some things that might impact sports fans in San Diego here on Election Day. All guests on Benna Woods appear on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall Chevrolet. Find new roads. And uh, speaking of Election Day, we have our own election here this morning. It's a big day for us. Woods and I are vying against each other for the title of Tier 1 Commander-in-Chief. What does that exactly entail? We'll have to discuss. Yeah, for sure. But uh, we're going all out to win your vote this morning. Yeah, it's tough. It's I, you know you don't want to go against your, your buddy, but
3: I think it's important on it's election. Basi- day. It's basically a hypothetical. <laughs> this is what it would be. It is. <laughs>
2: and we will uh, we'll give a little bit of an outline and then um, and then the gloves come off later this hour. Let's I think we should do. A, f- I think we should do a uh, full-on debate. Well yeah, we well, we'll start we'll start describing what we're going for and then the gloves come off. Stay tuned for that. Uh, listener Robert won Take on Woods yesterday, so he gets the daily ditty selection ah. when we come back. Woods uh, a little off on his game the last couple of days on Take on Woods. so bit. We'll get that coming up next and get things going on a Tuesday morning. Happy Election Day. Glad to have you all with us. Tier 1s. It's Ben and Woods on San Diego's number one sports station. Let's get our first check of traffic here with Kelly Danick on 97.3 The Fan.
6: Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast.
0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai.
4: My Detroit players, Tim's for my hooligans in Brooklyn. That's dead right. right, if they head right, Biggie there, and I. Papa been smooth since days of under rules. Never lose, never choose to. Bruce, cruise, who do something to us? Oh, talk, go through do us. That. Girls to us, wanna do us. Screw us, who us? Yeah, Papa and Pump. <laughs>
3: Close like Starsky and Hutch. Stick to clutch. Here, I squeeze three at your cherry M3. Bang every MC Take easily. Take oh. Recently, Friday ain't saying nothing, so I. The fondest memories of this song The fondest memories The summer of my life Working at a bar in Chicago And this was on every 15 seconds I mean it's all you heard that summer I think I was 22 years old I am 47 years old We're 47 right? Not 8, 47 25 years ago Young, thin Working at a bar in Chicago Time of my life
2: What was the hot drink? Everyone was uh, consuming back
3: then.
4: It
3: was pre vodka soda day. Vodka soda took people like, oh, there's no calories in it, and I can get hammered.
2: That's definitely that been a trend a for sure.
3: What was it back
2: then? Zima.
3: It was way after the Zima craze. What the hell was it? Martinis were, oh, that's exactly what it was. Swingers was making a comeback. Ah. There was a cigar bar next door. People were in zoot suits. It was a weird, weird time. A lot of scotch and a lot of martinis. Everyone was trying to bring the Rat Pack. Cosmos for the ladies. Cosmos Cosmos were huge, huge. Delicious, by the way, too. You don't look the coolest drinking them, gentlemen, but boy, do they taste good. I
2: need to have another. I haven't had one in so long because of the look, you know, you just, the kind of glass and the color. So what about a regular martini? I love regular martinis. So that looks cool. Oh, yeah. Why? If it's pink, it's a problem. Yeah. I know know that's very regressive of me. Ring the misogyny
3: bell on Ben. I, I agree, though. But now at 47 with a wife and two kids. Give me a giant strawberry daiquiri and I will, you know, drink it out of a coconut. I don't it's funny anymore. that
2: we we cast dispersions on certain beverages and not others. I mean, I love a good Paloma, which is a tequila grapefruit. That that ends up being pink usually because it's the like pink grapefruit juice, but I don't have a problem drinking that. Maybe it's the I don't know, it's the kind of glass but a regular martini, very cool James Bond. Drank martinis. Yeah, but he didn't drink Cosmos, and I think that's what's in our yeah, I head. I think that might I be think, it. Yeah. I think it, it is a bit misogynistic yeah. of us. It in the is. next James Bond movie, he should mix things up and say, you know what, oh, I'm going to have a Cosmo Some people today. are going to get very mad at that.
3: <laughs> this ain't the James Bond that I know. he never drink no pink martini, ever. It's ridiculous, man. bunch of woke P-words.
2: Make it a hard kombucha. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, what's next? What's next?
2: Martini, Mr. Bond. Bond. No, I think i do no. a, a hard kombucha, please. James Bond, I know. Drink whiskey a, right from the bottle. Maybe a hazy IPA and a
3: hard kombucha can for Mr. You, Bond. Can you imagine? Jay Bond <laughs> really like to try that hazy IPA. Oh, no, no, no. Give me the watermelon-infused <laughs> lager, please. <laughs> Delicious. Again, by the way, Ballast Point. Delicious. The watermelon- de- It's fantastic. It is. It is fan fantastic. But it's funny we all you and I know why you're asking cuz today is National Harvey Wallbanger Day. Now wow. that is one drink I've never had. Well, is there a or, is it orange juice
2: in a Harvey Wallbanger? What's
3: I, in a Harvey Wallbanger? Harvey Wallbanger. It's a cocktail. It's not a screwdriver. I love
2: screwdrivers, god.
3: Drink those things like okay, here we go. Orange juice, vodka, maraschino cherry. That sounds fantastic. Sounds really good. Hold on. Simple and fun vodka cocktail created in the seventies. It's got Galliano in there. What is that? Liqueur. Yeah, it's a liqueur. So it's vodka OJ. Add a half an ounce of Galliano, an orange slice for garnish, a maraschino cherry for garnish. Sign me up, dude. Sign me up for a, a Harvey Wallbanger. It's
2: created in the seventies. It sounds oh, wait, like on, the from like the twenties. Created something. in the fifties,
3: like the Roaring Twenties. But what a name for a what a name for a uh, a drink, the Harvey Wallbanger. So today. On Election Day, make sure you have yourself a Harvey Wallbanger. I could go for one right now. Do you watch kidding. for those
2: results to come in? Slowly trickle in tonight? We'll have coverage on do Channel I? 10. Yeah, we'll no. watch all the results tonight. I It gives me too much
3: anxiety. I like to wake up to the awful news.
2: <laughs> What's uh,
3: Oh, your that's phone's me. phone's ringing,
2: yeah. Hang on, let's see here. Who's calling?
3: Who is it? I, I, I don't know. Is I get these spam. Should I just, just
5: do it on the air? Hello? Speakerphone. Speaker phone
2: Speaker. Hello? Hi, this is Catherine with the Medicare Department
3: huh? of Healthcare Benefits. How are you today? I'm terrible and I'm live on the radio. Yeah, his Catherine. cat passed away. My cat died. <coughs> Catherine. I'm the oh, plan for has been released and it
2: may give you some better access to things like dental, vision, hearing and over the couch Don't care. think this is Catherine, one of the things. Are ones. Are you a runs. real person. <laughs>
3: Make love to me, Catherine. <laughs> I get 75,000 of those phone calls a day. Do you know it?
2: I don't get as many. I, maybe I've put on my cell phones enough do not call lists that I avoid the number. that You, you definitely get more than I do. That's for sure.
3: I, no kidding. I get a dozen a day. A <laughs> dozen of these. And by the way, so my thing is when I do get to catch a nap in the afternoon, I'll put my AirPods in and I'll fall asleep watching a show. But... then. <laughs> Ding ding, ding ding potential spam pops up on my phone, they wake me up every this is, day. This
2: is this is why I should be tier one commander in chief and not you. Yeah, you need why someone who's willing to take care of the small details to keep an eye on the bigger picture. You're great. I'm not saying that there's not a place for you in the administration. You're absolutely vital to the program of the show moving forward. I would hope I'm just so. saying for the role of commander in chief. Okay. You're President. wholly unfit. You're wholly unfit <laughs> for that
3: job. You are also unfit as I look across the
2: room and at you. <laughs>
3: You're very unfit.
2: You're not fit. I Peloton <laughs> several times a week. I'm I play fit. golf. I I'm getting your size a couple of I'm, times a month. This has nothing to do with anything. We're talking about the issues and we'll uh we'll we'll delve into those issues. <laughs> the gloves will come off. The election day is here, and it's time to choose. Choose wisely out there for Tier 1 Commander-in-Chief. Choose your friend Ben Higgins. It's not the time to campaign right now. We're com- we're <laughs> you're campaigning. I'm, not, I'm oh, yeah. not
3: surprised that you're breaking the We're rules. on the stump.
2: We're on the trail. It is time. All right. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll also uh, talk about the nominations for the big Baseball Writers Association of America Awards. Like Manny stupid. Machado.
3: Am I stupid that I you have getting your hopes feel? up? Yes. You're getting your hopes I'm up. I'm getting my hopes up. I'm stupid, aren't I? Yes. Somebody tell we'll, me I'm stupid. We'll
2: talk about it coming up next. Stay tuned. It's Ben and Woods. Glad to have you with us. San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Don't lay down and die. You know
6: what to do. i
3: A fool. Tell me I'm a fool for getting my hopes up this time about Manny Machado as the uh, MVP of the 2022 National
2: League. Well, I don't think it's quite as long of a shot of winning, like, Powerball. Okay, he could definitely be the MVP. By the way, they finally drew the Powerball numbers. Oh,
3: did they? I thought they were in a delay. They
2: were, but they, it just happened. News you can use here on Ben and Woods in case you're looking for those numbers that were supposed to be drawn. Last night at 8 o'clock and there was some sort of Glitch, like security glitch, and they had well, to wait on the drawing? Well, so apparently not
6: everybody... Doesn't sound sketchy at all. No, not at all. <laughs> uh,
2: apparently not everybody had reported... There's one state... One state. ...of the 48 that do Powerball didn't have their, like, correct numbers in yet, yeah. so they couldn't do the drawing. Was until... it Florida? <laughs> all I know, it wasn't California. That's all we found out at Channel 10 last night. $1.9 billion jackpot, the largest ever, and the numbers have been drawn. Obviously, we don't know if anyone won yet but if you've got your ticket handy i'm gonna read them to you right now here are your numbers for the 1.9 billion dollar powerball drawing that happened moments ago 10 33 41 47 56 and the red powerball also 10 so if you've got a ticket that has a lot of 10s on it that's a good thing for you 10, 33, 41, 47, 56. The Powerball, also 10. There was a
3: $1.1 million Powerball ticket sold at the right Aid, which is.
2: Right down the street from where we live. And I've, I've right, been there many times. Right
3: across the street from my wife's office. She texted it to me yesterday and she said, Man, this is right by my office. I'm like, Did you. Did, you didn't get any. Did, no, I didn't. Okay, so...
2: I saw Encinitas, and I go, I bought a couple at Vons. I wonder if it was at oh the my Vons, God, but dude. it was at the Rite Aid, less than a half mile away. So, no, that was the last drawing, though. That was uh, all the numbers, no Powerball. No Powerball, yeah. For over a million dollars. But if anyone gets all five and the Powerball, looking at the uh, $1.9 billion jackpot this morning. So, there you go. <laughs> what a... Like, to win that is like... I mean... I mean, you take the lump sum, it's like a little under a billion, <laughs> and then taxes are going to take a big chunk out of that as well. So okay, what are you, really you going to clear? walking away with, you know, $500 million? $500 to $600 million I'll after taxes. I'll be good. Free and clear. Yeah,
5: that's a no-brainer, right? If we, you w- don't if, need to do the, well, if I just... I can you do know, the deferred... you guys
3: know if I won 500 if I cleared $500 million, I'm giving you each like $5 million. <laughs> Thank you. F- like $5 million, not... Like a million would be nice, but... Yeah, you guys would piss through a million dollars in no time. Like we'd pay all of our debts and be like, "Cool, I got one hundred and fifty dollars left." Uh, like, I'd give you both five million dollars, and then I'd t- 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 tell you to go f yourselves and I'll never probably see never me see again. you again. Yeah, yeah you
2: get a, Yeah, it's clean break money. You It'd be a kind of a okay. Don't ask again. This is it. This, this is, is the one time. Don't ever hit me fee. up again.
3: The, I saw a lot of people – actually, I saw a lot of morning radio shows. What would you do if you won the Powerball? And I, the, the very common sentiment was, I wouldn't tell a soul. I think that's a very, very smart thing to do. How hard would it be to get up and go to work and punch the clock the next day and you be still
5: like still quietly take care of all your friends and family. Yeah,
3: 100%. Like, But you have to get your affairs in order, like ASAP. I think the,
5: it's more fun to think about. Like how does that play out? Like you just heard Ben read the numbers. You read your ticket. You are like, oh my god! You vomit. You you vomit. Throw up. Yeah. You you one hundred percent throw up. You hire personal security.
2: I mean, for that until that ticket is like cashed, it becomes your twenty four hour job protecting that ticket. Yeah, from any of all possible. Damage, loss, theft. I'm like locking
5: myself in a closet. I'm not leaving. And you don't tell anyone, a
2: soul, until that ticket is cashed.
5: And you, the
3: first thing I think you do is you go hire uh, a money guy, an attorney, you know, a tax attorney, whatever. Like multiple. (laughs) You hire a team, and then, dude you you start handling business. I mean, and that's what you do. You give some to charity. You give some to your friends, your family. And then you're probably smart to just disappear. Go to hang out with Adam Jones in Barcelona for a month.
2: You wouldn't see me for a year. That's a good idea. Get out
3: of Dodge. Get out of Dodge. Dude, let it all calm down. And then, you know, go on a phenomenal vacation. And, uh, man, I just – I'd be better – I'll tell you right now, I'd be better with it at 47 than I would have been at 22 because I, I wouldn't have made it through the weekend uh, at 22. But you don't go get a bunch of credit cards. You don't go buy a bunch of stuff. you gotta, you got to be calm. So if you did win – uh, we want our taste, for sure, because Ben did read the numbers, finder's fee for us. and uh, But good luck to all of you guys out there.
2: My mother has the same. She she couldn't, She couldn't. said her sister asked her to buy a ticket on Friday. She was at that Rite Aid where the winning ticket was sold, no. but couldn't figure out how to make the lotto machine work. She's oh. my kindred spirit, man. <laughs> Just like you say, Woods. How do you make those things
3: work? You know what I realized the other day is, uh, as I was in the gas station? I don't ever have cash on me. Never. I never carry cash. And you can't use debit cards. Lotto's a cash game. It's a cash game. So i that's another reason why I never do it.
2: Never miss a moment from 97.3 The Fan again with the free Odyssey app. You can download podcasts from your favorite shows. Listen whenever, wherever works best for you. All right. I, I know some people were upset that Bob Melvin was not nominated. For Manager of the Year, Manny Machado is up, but what are his chances? We're going to discuss that coming up after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. You know, it always happens this time of year that the, these nominees will come out, the finalists for the Major Baseball Writers Association of America Awards, and people will say, why don't they wait and vote after the World Series? You know, to, to see who really had the most complete, best season. And yeah. if you feel that way, that's fine. That's a valid opinion. However, what would happen is that the you know a guy from the world series champion would end up winning a lot of the awards i mean is the manager of the year wouldn't always be the manager of the world series champion <laughs> wouldn't it be wouldn't it be dusty baker and rob thompson exactly right? i mean you, i think you're going to take a lot of the um you know the process of the award out if you well, just wait until after the world series and say okay now vote who do you think was the manager of the year well, let me see. I, I think it's the guy who just won the World Series, right? Well, yeah, so, and in the other league, it's the guy that got to the World Series. So it's a, it's a regular season award that's voted on at the end of the 162. They don't announce it until after the World Series, which makes it feel a little bit weird when Bob Melvin is not nominated as one of the finalists for manager of the year in the National League. Went to the three managers of the teams that won the most games, Brian Brian Snitker, Dave Roberts and Buck Showalter were the three nominees. Now, if you'd waited until after the playoffs, I don't think that Bob Melvin would have won either. I think Rob Thompson would have ended up winning for manager of the year in the National League. But Bob Melvin clearly would have been nominated and would have been one of the top three choices if you had waited until after the playoffs. But
5: But knowing it's a regular season award, can you really argue those three? I mean, they were the three, best no, three best. Teams. I, I mean, I could,
2: I could throw an argument out that they, you know, those teams had so much talent that the managers didn't have to do as much. Sure. I think there is an argument to be made that Bob Melvin did a little bit more heavy lifting in terms of the actual sure. managing this year and overcoming challenges and difficulties to get his team to the playoffs. But honestly, at the end of the regular season, doesn't surprise me that he wasn't one of the choices. It's uh. <clears throat> Surprise. Surprise is an
3: interesting... I'm looking at the standings right now. You got Snitger, 101 wins. You got Buck Showalter, 101 wins. And you got Dave Roberts with 111 wins. Those are the three choices where you look at and you go, well, we're not going to get our ass kicked for these, right? Those are really, really good. I look at, though, uh, in the AL... Who are the AL nominees? I'm assuming it's... Do they have the AL? They do. Yeah, they okay. released all of them, Dust-
2: and I did not write down the AL nominees. I did the MVP nominees, all right, so but not the. Uh, so
3: then, right here. by your logic, by the logic, then it should be Aaron Boone. It should be nope. uh, Dusty Baker. Nope. And it should be Terry Francona. Yes.
5: Uh, Terry Francona, Matt Service from the Mariners. Matt and, Service. Uh, Scott, Scott Service. But, you know. Scott yeah. Service. It's like, very small print. Uh, and <laughs> Brandon Hyde from the Orioles. Okay, I was just going to say, Brandon Hyde, who guided
3: a a $32 million payroll team to an 83-79 and 79 record
2: that's your manager yeah, of the year, I'm, I'm or not, I'm not saying I'm not saying it should always be the managers of the three most winning teams. But it but wasn't at all in the AL. Was, was anyone shocked that the Padres made the playoffs or that the Phillies made the playoffs, given their payroll and their talent? It would be a disappointment if they didn't make the playoffs. The Mariners and the Orioles were surprising stories. That's, no doubt. That's one way you get to be manager of the year. You take a team with zero expectations and you overachieve. True. The other way is you take a team with high expectations, and you win a truckload of games. games. Those are really the only two formulas for getting the Manager of the Year award. And unfortunately for Bob Melvin, he was kind of in the in-between land of a little too high of expectations, but not quite enough in in terms of regular season wins.
3: Yeah, I mean, and and look, the best part about that graphic is I looked at that graphic and I went, that guy outmanaged two of the three. In the in the biggest moments. He outmanaged and won this, you know, again, whatever you want to put on the manager, fine. We put a lot on him for the last series. Let's give him the credit he's due for the first two. He absolutely outclassed Buck Showalter and he outclassed Dave Roberts.
2: That's your win right there. If you're Bob Melvin, you're a Padres fan, you look at the graphic of the three managers and you go, but our manager beat two of them in the playoffs when that. it really counted and Give give yourself a pat on the back and give Bob a big pat on the back for it. But he's not going to win Manager of the Year, nor would he have won Manager of the Year, even had it been a postseason award, because then Rob Thompson would have gotten it. Yep. So I'm not going to feel too bad about that. As for Manny Machado and the National League nominees, you said a few minutes ago that you got your hopes up again. My and I hopes totally, are up. I totally understand that. When you look at the three finalists and you see one Padre and two Cardinals in Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, it seems like the choice is fairly obvious. The one guy who lifted the team on his shoulders and carried them all season long, or are you going to pick one of two guys who had it much easier? It's always easier to carry a big sofa when someone's on the other end and carrying it with you, and you don't have to pick up the whole dang thing yourself. So it seems like an obvious choice. And if this were one of those... All right, now that you've got your finalists, let's vote again. I think Manny Machado would probably win. But that's not how agree. the voting goes. Agree. This is simply a revealing of the top three vote-getters from the regular season. Well,
3: especially to Paul's point of after the playoffs, if you looked at what Goldschmidt and Arenado did in the playoffs and you compared those against what Manny did in the playoffs, and I know peop- that we still have people in our own fan base that are down on Manny for the playoff series, which he had, which is nuts, in my opinion. Uh, he far in, uh, in a way exceeded. Those guys were not good in the playoffs. Neither of those dudes. So no, no, they I,
2: got knocked out in what three and, games. And, and it was Aaron, over.
3: Arenado costly yeah. error, like the whole bit. Did win his tenth Gold Glove in a row because none of that counts. Um, but I I looked at that and I went, yeah, man, why isn't this a no brainer? Now, now it ridiculous.
2: is it is possible that enough of that vote was split. It's good. It's a good sign that both of those guys are nominees. Because that means that they split enough of the vote from each other that neither of them probably ran away with it for the award. My suspicion, though, is that Paul Goldschmidt still ended up winning, even though he did not finish the season strong. Manny was a much stronger candidate in September down the stretch, which should give him at least some of the recency bias in the votes that were happening late but Paul Goldschmidt had a fairly sizable advantage going into the last month of the season in terms of the stats now in the end Manny had a higher F-war than either of those other two guys that's the all encompassing fan graphs wins above replacement stat and and it's not 100% perfect but if you are a statistical guy the argument can easily be made for Manny Machado over anyone else
3: well and and the two guys well the what Paulie was saying, too, is, yeah, they're and you guys, they're going to split votes, right? They're going to steal votes from each other. What they do for each other in the lineup, though, makes both of them better, right? Like, that, they're there to, Nolan Arenado, when he steps up, goes, hey, Paul Goldschmidt's behind me. I'm going to get pitches to hit. They don't want to walk me for Paul Goldschmidt, um, which can help people kind of make the case for Goldie a little bit better. That being said, he's got Nolan Arenado hitting in front of him. Um, Manny really, I mean, especially the first half of the season,
2: was we're not here without him. Like, we don't get to where we were. The Cardinals won their division. They were a good team. But my other argument would be if they have really two of the three best players in the national Should've league, have won why more. didn't they win more games? Why weren't they a 100 win team? And you can say, well, it's pitching, it's other sure. things. Paul made the point in the break. Oh, what about the Angels? They had, you know, two of the best players in baseball, and they can't even get to 500. So you can't, even two guys can't carry a team. All by themselves. So true. But um you know the Cardinals have been good for a while and and you can make plenty of arguments in favor of Manny Machado. I just I just think ultimately he's gonna come up a little short again like he did when he was nominated a finalist two years ago in twenty twenty. But another and great season for Manny.
3: Absolutely, man, and you look at that and you, you questioned the contract maybe five years ago. Some people did, and now you got a guy that's finished in the top three for MVP in two of his four years or five years, whatever he's been two of here. the last three, I Two think. of the last three years. Come on, man. That's what you pay for. That's the, that is that's delivering.
2: And then, of course, in the American League, it's going to come down, of course, to Aaron Judge versus Shohei Ohtani, although the third who's finalist the third is probably the happiest guy of them all. It's Jordan Al- Alvarez yeah, who's got, he's got, the, the he's got a World Series title. He won't win the MVP award, but he will have the happiest offseason of the three. I still think Aaron Judge... Going to end up getting it for the historic season that he had, but I am not going to be mad if Shohei Ohtani wins an MVP award. Chris Antonetti has been
3: named Major League Baseball's Executive of the Year as voted by his peers. He is the uh, GM of the Cleveland Guardians.
2: Congratulations, Chris. There you go, Chris. We're going to
5: get into some of these attacking. Yeah, okay. So,
2: yeah, we've made, like I said, the gloves come off. We're going (laughs) for Tier 1 Commander-in-Chief. We've actually made some attack ads, just like you've been seeing on television. Strap in. Ben V. Woods coming up
1: next on 97.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.